to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, take your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 2. We've been talking about the rain uh, recently, about uh, this is a time when the rain is basically available to every single person. We have an opportunity to walk in the things of God now. There's no sense to be waiting on things in your life. You have ability now on the inside of you that you're not using, basically. So Acts chapter 2, look at verse 15. This is the day, of course, of Pentecost. Today by the church is celebrated as Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. Verse 15, Peter stood up and said, For these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see shall dream dreams. I pray to God I'm still having visions. Yeah. <laughs> and on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Uh, first thing I want you to look at here is basically, if you go back and look at Joel, it says, basically in the last days, he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. How many of you ever heard that before? I mean, everybody knows that. But no, notice the switch here by Peter under the Holy Ghost. Peter says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, I will pour what? I will pour what? Out of my spirit. Say, out of my spirit. So here he's not talking about pouring out his spirit again. He's talking about pouring out of his spirit. Now, where is the spirit of God today? It's on the inside of you. So notice, the revival that it's talking about here and the Pentecost is talking about here was Jesus went to the cross to make us righteous in right standing with him again so we would be holy, righteous vessels so we could once again receive someone by the name of the Holy Ghost. Adam had the Holy Ghost when he was in the world, but when he sinned and rebelled against God, he lost the Spirit of God because he died spiritually. Jesus came so that you could be born again alive, and the day you were born again alive, the Spirit of God moved on the inside of you. How many of you know that this morning? So you've got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And notice what he says here. In this revival, the, the Spirit of God will be poured out of the Spirit of God that's already in you. See, we're looking for revival out here. Revival's in here. This last revival is not going to come down from heaven. It's going to come from the inside of born-again believers who have a clue of the revival that's on the inside of them, and they're going to go change the lives of people around them. Now, that gives us responsibility, doesn't it? See, I like the old revival. Well, I don't have to do anything, and God sooner or later is going to come flying down here with the Spirit and do something. See, this puts responsibility on us, and we don't like responsibility, but we need to learn to like it because we have a responsibility here. Hallelujah. Thank you for your overwhelming excitement and enthusiasm today. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the inside of it. It said, pour out. So notice, today is not really the day of Pentecost. It's not really the feast day of the Pentecost. Pentecost is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It wasn't made to be a day. It wasn't made to be a feast. It was made to be this Pentecost living on the inside of us so that we could do what God wanted us to do in this day and hour. The Holy Ghost has been poured out. It's on the inside of us, and we have the ability then on the inside of us to do what we're called to do. And when you were born again, how many of you know he revived you? Once you were dead, but now you are. I mean, no, that's revival. 
So you were revived at that time. Your revival hit the day that you were born again. You were revived on the inside. You moved from death to life, and the Spirit of God now lives on the inside of mankind. All right, go to Philippians chapter 1. Just for them happy ushers. Somebody must have put a check for $2 million in there, for God's sake. <laughs> Dear Lord, hallelujah. That's what I like. Yes. Hello, Lord. Yes. Yes. All right, Philippians chapter 1, are you there? All right, look at verse 19. Paul says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Say the supply. The supply. Say the supply. the supply. Now notice, when the Spirit of God came in on the inside of you, you have the supply of the Spirit on the inside of you. This supply will never run dry. It will never go completely gone. The Spirit is on the inside of you, and this is enough to get you through this life and through the rest of your life because you have a supply of the Spirit. Say, I have a supply of the Spirit. Isn't it good to know that it'll never be exhausted? You'll never run out. The Spirit of God and the Spirit on the inside of you is going to be there forever. You have been revived, and when you revive the Spirit of God on the inside of you, took you from death and brought you into the life of God, basically. Revive means to make alive and to keep alive. Say make alive. Make alive. Say keep alive. keep alive. Now God made you alive, but notice it's not God's responsibility to keep you. Are you listening? See, on the inside of you is this revival fire. The day you got born again, the Spirit of God moved on the inside of you. It, it changed. It didn't totally change my thinking, but it changed my thinking to a point to where I desired different things than I was desiring before. There was an experience that I had where I wanted God things. I didn't want the other things anymore. I wanted to eat the Bible, which I never wanted to eat before. never even thought about it. Are you crazy eating the Bible? I was too drunk to see the Bible. How could I eat the Bible? Praise God. But all at once, I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to be in the Word of God. I hungered for the Word. What happened at that time? I was revived. Say revived. revived. Revival hit my spirit, and the Spirit of God was now on the inside of me because I went from death to life. So that spirit will never run out. It's a supply. It's called a well, a well that's springing up. How many have ever felt it spring up? I don't even mean it'll be a long time before it springs up, but then it springs up again. Oh, that one song comes on, and oh, what's, there it is. Oh, that's, that's what I felt like a long time. Oh, there's that goose bump that I lost a long time ago. It comes up on the inside of you. It also says it's a river that flows out of the inside of you. So this is always going to be with us. The Spirit of God came on the inside of us. God gave us these things because we needed these things. Go to 1 John chapter 5. All right, 1 John, little John, chapter 5, look at verse, let's go to verse 12. It says, he that has the Son has what? And he that has not the Son of God has what? So this is telling you that if you have the Son of God, if you were born again and the Son of God came on the inside of you by the Spirit of God on the inside of you, you have life. Now, how many know you were alive before that, physically? So it's talking about spiritual, isn't it? So now you have life. That word life there is zoe. It is the life of God is now on the inside of you. It came on the inside of you when Christ entered on the inside of you. So Jesus came in the new birth. 
Jesus breathed the breath of the Spirit of God back into you, and the Spirit of God is now on the inside of you because you have the Son. So basically, Zoe life is revival life. Zoe life is the same revival life that took you from being dead into a place where now you are alive. It changed your nature from Satan's nature to God's nature instantly by a miracle, by the power of God. So in me, if I have the Son, I have life. If I don't have the Son, I... I Now listen, you can claim to be a Christian... But if you don't have the Son, you don't have life. Are you a Christian? Oh, yeah. Why? Because it's a club I joined about two weeks ago, and now I'm a Christian person. No, no. It's not determined on whether you're being a Christian or not being a Christian. Do you have the Son, the Spirit of God, or don't you have the Son, the Spirit of God? And if you do, you should know it. You shouldn't be wondering whether you do or not. The Bible says you will know it. So I knew the day I got born again, I knew something changed, and I knew I had something that I didn't have before. So this new birth experience is not about being a Christian. It's about having the Son of God or this revival spirit now on the inside of you through the Son of God, and that Zoe life is the life of God. Say, I have have the life of God, the the revival spirit spirit of God God in my heart. heart. All right, go to John chapter 5. Yeah, you're going to enjoy this this morning, I'm telling you right now. Big John this time. All right, John chapter 5, look at verse 24. Jesus is speaking. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word, how many of you did, and believes on him that sent me, how many of you know you did, has everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. So here it's talking about what? Your new birth again. What happened when I got born again? Basically, I heard the word. I believed the word. I got born again at that time. And when I got born again at that time, basically, I received something called everlasting life. Not just life for a day. Not just life because it's Pentecost Day in the church. Not just life because it's a feast day. You received ever lasting life. Now, how many know that's a long time? So you have everlasting life now on the inside of you. Why? Because God needed us to have everlasting revival life on the inside of him because his main purpose of having you here is to extend his kingdom. How? Through the everlasting revival fire that's on the inside of you, he's going to extend his kingdom to other people who do not have the sun and who do not have life because they haven't heard and they haven't believed. Are you following me? Hallelujah. So here it says, basically, you now have everlasting life, God's life, God's nature. How long are you going to have it? Everlasting. This means I have everlasting potential to live in revival 24-7. Not just for a day, not just when I feel like it. And I'll tell you, you're, whether you know it or not, your feelings and emotions will lie to you. Someday you'll get up feeling like God, God moved to Africa and you haven't seen him in a while and your feelings and emotions are telling you that. But we don't go by our feelings and emotions. We go by what the word of God says. And he said this everlasting fire will never leave you nor for And it says God is a consuming fire. So where is his consuming fire? It's on the inside of me today, tomorrow, tonight. What if I don't feel like it? It doesn't make any difference. It's still according to the word of God on the inside of me. So I want to put faith in that fire that's on the inside of me basically because it's everlasting. The Bible says, and you know this verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that he that believes in him should not perish but should have 
Oh, everlasting. So it wasn't just to come and die for me and everything, but as to give me everlasting life, revival fire on the inside of me, the fire of God and the Spirit of God on the inside of me. That was his purpose, not just to get you, not just you to get born again and go to heaven. My God, we got to get that out of the church. Yes, you're going to heaven if you're born again, but that's not the main reason you were born again. That's just a byproduct of you becoming a citizen of the kingdom of God with a spirit of revival fire put on the inside of you so he could extend his kingdom to everybody that you run into and everybody comes across your path. Are you following me this morning? Now, this puts responsibility in the church. Well, should I witness or not? No, you shouldn't go witnessing. The Bible says you should be one. We're gone witnessing. No, be one. Don't go, be See, and we try to help you. We wrote, I wrote a book, and I give it to you, and that's a good starter. Now, I'm going to be a witness. Here's the book. Hopefully, they'll come back and ask you questions about the book, and hopefully, you read it enough to answer the questions. I've been gone for two weeks. You know, this happens when I do that. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. There's a revival fire on you. It's everlasting life. And notice what it says here. Look at verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life. And it should not come into condemnation, but is passing from death to life. Is trying their best. Is doing their, all they can to pass from death to life. No, is passed. Say is passed. You've already is passed. Don't let religion tell you that you have to pass from death to life. If you could do it, Jesus wouldn't have had to come, but Jesus had to come because you couldn't do it, and he did it, so you is passed. So now you've passed from a dead state, demonic nature, everything, and the day you got born again, all at once this everlasting spirit of revival came on the inside of you. It's in you today, praise God, and you is passed. had nothing to do with you. You just received it freely as part of your inheritance for the kingdom of God, and on the inside of you now is this revival fire. It's already on the inside of you. You don't have to jump up and down. You don't have to clean toilets. You don't have to pray 42 hours to get it. It's already on the inside of you today if you've been born again and Christ is on the inside of you, praise God. So I pass from death to revival. Try it again. I pass from death to revival. I'm not hoping for a revival. I'm not looking for a revival. I'm not wishing for a revival. I am. Yeah, I am. Wherever I go, I am. Wherever I go, I'm dangerous. I'm undercover. See, people just think I'm me, but I'm not me. When I go play basketball with the boys, they think I'm there to play basketball. I'm there undercover. See, I'm saying the right thing at the right time. I'm not getting mad at the time when anybody else would be getting mad. I'm saying nice shot to the other team. You don't do that right play ball. When somebody gets angry, I go up and give them a great big bear hug. They say, I don't know what you did. You hugged me, and then I felt a lot better. But I was really getting mad at the time. I don't. Why is that? Because we're a revival every place we go. There's people out there that have never experienced this. How many know there's a lot of people out there who've never been born again? There's no revival fire on the inside of them whatsoever. That's what we're here for, to spread that fire. I'll tell you, sometimes I feel like I haven't maybe did it right because I've missed opportunities. Anybody ever miss opportunities to do this kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. But, but now we're, we're in a position now where we see dark getting darker, but light getting lighter. There, there's no longer a dim in the middle. It's div, it's be, Jesus came to bring a sword, and it's being sorted right now. You're either on one side or you're on the other side. But the reason many people are still on the other side is because we've lost our revival spirit. 
oh, those people who are out there, those people who, man and man and woman and woman. Well, maybe if I'd have got to one of them when I had a chance, he wouldn't be having that problem right now because I could have brought him out of darkness into the... So all this stuff is, you know, it's, it's no good. It's evil. It's all that kind of stuff. But it's a responsibility for us to make a change. I mean, the big thing right now is mental health. Everybody has mental health problems. They're going to concerts. They're doing all this stuff. I don't think the problem is mental health. I think it's spiritual health. You can counsel them all you want. Ain't going to do no good because they got the devil living on the inside of them the way it is with the nature. And you can counsel them all you want in their mind and it ain't going to help in their soul, praise God. So there's got to be a spirit change on the inside of them. The same thing that happened to you on the inside. So that revival fire hits their life. And what is that? One more snatched out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But we're the ones responsible to spread this thing, see? We're here. And it don't matter how big this church is or how small, we can touch more or many people because many people are out there in big churches don't even know what they're doing there. Why are you here? It's Sunday. Good for you, praise God. No, no, we're not here because it's Sunday. We're here to learn. We're here to keep the fire going on the inside of us. We want the revival to flow on the inside of us. We want to be dangerous every single place that we go. We want to walk up to people, and some people will get mad at you. That's all right. The devil's bound to get mad at you when you start witnessing. What do you think they were going to do? Tell you how lovely you are? No, 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 praise God. You got to tell them the truth, praise God. You're living in darkness. You need to come into the light, praise God. Don't try to tell them about what's wrong and try to change their soul. Change their spirit. And then they'll start changing their soul. Come on now. Are you listening this morning? So there's a responsibility on us. Now people's changing their gender. I want to get to anybody thinking about that right now so I can make a difference and get them born again. They won't be thinking about that if they're truly born again and have the spirit of fire on the inside of them. Come on. Nobody's thinking about that. None of you are going home and praying in tongues to see if you should. No, you're born again. You've got life on the inside of you. You've got revival on the inside. You've got the spirit on the inside. You're not even thinking about doing stuff like that. Well, no, because, praise God, you've been born again, and you've been spiritually changed. So all this counseling and stuff, if people want to do it, that's fine. It is not going to change anything until the spirit, the real you, you're not a soul, you're a spirit being, is changed on the inside of you. When that's changed, then it's the Holy Ghost job. Mm -hmm. Here comes the house cleaner. Oh, yeah. You get that mop out, just start going. How many, how many have had a mopping? Come on, how many have been dusted? Yeah. How many are still being dusted? I mean, got some corners and cracks there where he hasn't got to yet with his little thing because they're hit. Come on now. Yeah, he's still working on you, but it didn't start today. It started the day you got born again, and it's been progressing over time and over time, and the Spirit of God's working on you. Why? Because he loves you, and he wants you operating that revival fire that's on the inside of you. Why? So you live in peace and joy, but you also get to other people and extend this kingdom of God. Hallelujah. All right, go to 1 Corinthians 15. All right, 1 Corinthians 15, look at verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a what? Quickening spirit or a life-giving spirit. So Adam came as a living soul. Basically, when he sinned, he lost his nature on the inside. He lost the spirit of God. Jesus came to pay the price to restore the spirit of God back to us. And Jesus came as a 
life-giving spirit. Say life-giving life spirit. So now if he is a life-giving spirit and he moved on the inside of each and every one of us, then we have in us a life-giving spirit. Well, here's a tough question. Now think about it. What does a life-giving spirit do? Any, any takers? Gives life. Gives life. So there's a spirit on the inside of us who wants to give life. Are you following me? That's what happened when he came, and that's what he does. He gives life to other people. There's one time, you know, I was praying, and I was reading Smith Wigglesworth books and all these books about, oh, he raised this guy from the dead, threw him up against the wall, and <laughs> yelled at him a few times, and, and life came back into him. I said, Lord, I want to do that. I want to raise somebody from the dead. He said, you've got an opportunity every day, not physically but spiritually, to raise somebody from the dead. Because anybody out there that don't have Christ in them is dead. So we are dead men raisers, praise God, whether it's done physically or spiritually. The only thing is if you do it physically, you may get a little print. Come on. You do it spiritually, nobody probably will ever know what you did, praise God. But notice there's a life-giving spirit on the inside of them, and that life spirit is a revival spirit on the inside of us. So when the Spirit of God came, He injected me with a supernatural life-giving spirit on the inside of me where the first thing I wanted to do, which I never thought of before, was preach the gospel. How I many know when I was in the bar, drinking with my buddies, I wasn't saying, boy, I should be preaching the gospel right now. No, I was thinking we're beer cheaper so I can go and finish this night off. Well, what happened? Something changed on the inside of me. There was a revival spirit on the inside of me. I wanted to help people. I wanted to teach people. I wanted to raise people up. I wanted to do something for people. Why? Because I wanted to give life to somebody, life to their soul, life to their spirit, life to them. I want to bring life to somebody because that's what the Spirit of God does. And this is why the enemy basically wants to put your fire out. The Bible says, we are the light of the world, but don't let somebody put a bushel now, who's that somebody? We know who it is. It's him. Be the salt of the earth. Have some flavor. How I many you know if you don't have any flavor, salt's no good? What's it talking about? Talk about how about this? Go back to your first love. Why? Because you lost your revival fire love. See, you let, you let religion come in. You let problems come in. You let circumstances. And you're too concerned about you to give life to anybody. If you're going to stay in revival and stay alive, then a life-giving spirit must give life to something else. See, if you're alive, if you're alive, you reproduce. Got a lot to think about this morning. You need to get this tape and listen to it about 5,642 times, praise God. Yeah, you should be giving life to something else, not me. What are you going to do for me? What about me? And nobody cares about me. Nobody said hi to me at the church this morning. This is absolutely ridiculous. I'll tell you right now. And I wore my best dress and put my hair real nice. See, all that petty stuff. What's that petty stuff for? It's there to take you out of your, the revival spirit that's on the inside of you and the call of God that's on your life. And it don't matter if you've been born again two days, 20 days or 20 years, that revival spirit is still on the inside of you. It's not something you grow into. It's there. It's on the inside of you. I know a lot of people over the years, and I've been in this a while, who were on fire when I came to church. They blessed me because on fire they were, and they worshiped, and they praised like every, and they talked about God, and they did everything. And you see them 10 years later, and they don't even know where God's at. They're not going to church anymore. They're not doing anything. What happened? They lost their fire. 
It's still on the inside of them. That desire is still on the inside of them. If you want to live in peace and joy, then you'll be giving life to other things. If you don't, then you, you can have all the money you want. You can have all the blessings you want. You just don't feel fulfilled unless you do something to help someone else out spiritually. Isn't that right? You can be dead, broke, and feel like junk, but you get somebody born again that day, and you don't even care how you feel or how much money you got. That's what I happened. Somebody got born today, praise God. Why is that? Because that's, that's it. That's what's in you. That's what God put in you. That's what you're supposed to be using. That's what every individual who gets born again does. It's not just trying to be a member of a church, and there's no members of churches anyway. You're either a citizen of the kingdom or you're not. So on the inside of me, there's a revival spirit. To keep that revival spirit going, I've got to be giving life. I've got to be giving life to my wife. Just wait there a little bit. If I'm the wife, I want to be giving life to my husband. I want to be giving life to my kids. I want to be giving life to my, when I went up, went up to Huntsville, I want to give life to those people up there. I want, was the plane terrible? Yes, did it was work? But I want to sit there and talk about that all day. That's not going to help anybody. I want to speak life into them. I want to, I want to give life. That's what I do. I give life. I'm a life giver. What do you do? I give life. What do you do for a living? I give life. People said, when I worked at the post office and pastor, when are you going to be a full-time pastor? I said, I already am. I'm giving life out on the mail route. But full-time had to be, you ain't working nowhere else. Well, yeah, I wasn't working anywhere else. I had 600 people out there that I knew, and I had a chance to give life to. So I was just going to stay there a while and do it, see? And people think, well, full-time, this is full-time. That's not full-time. When are you going to go full-time? I said, I've been full-time for 10 years, praise God. We should all been full-time since the day we got born again. There's people in our relation that need to hear it. There's people in our families. There's people in our businesses we need to give life to. And you've got the words to say it. You may just say something the natural. Boy, boy, you look good today. That may be the first thing they heard good in 20 years, for God's sakes. Sometimes I'll tell the waitress, even if she didn't, yeah, you did a great job today. Because if she didn't, she probably had a reason. Just as she didn't like me. See? You did a great job today. Thanks, thanks for being such a good waitress. Thanks for Some people near, need to hear something positive right now. I mean, it doesn't have to be where we knock them down, put our knee on their throat and say, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to rip your tonsils out. And that's the way the church has been. It's not that way, praise God. It's just that we live a different kind of lifestyle. We got life in us, so why not give it to somebody else, praise God. I like the life that's on the inside of me. I like the fire that's on the inside of me. I love the peace and joy that rules and reigns in my life every single day. I want somebody else to have that in my life. So I am a life-giving spirit. Say a life-giving spirit. Life spirit. All right, go to First Peter chapter 2. Everybody looking for this last great outpouring, which is nothing wrong with that. Great move of God. Nothing wrong with that. But what if I wait for 60 years for that and die before it comes? Now, I've given life to nothing in 60 years, but it's coming. It's right down the road. Well, your road ended. Come on, are you following me? Just wait till it happens. No, this waiting stuff, you don't, what, what do you need? You've got the Spirit of God. You've got the authority of God. You've got everything that you need to make a difference in somebody else's life. But the first thing you've got to do is get you off of your mind. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 5. This talks about the, the real church. Say the real church. The real church. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You also as lively stones are built up in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Notice lively. Say lively. So people that are living stones are people who are life-giving stones because they're giving life to other stones. 
There's people in the church who aren't doing that. Well, they're, they're dead stones. Are they going to go to heaven if they're born again? Yes, but they're not doing what the Spirit of God wants to do on the inside, and that's give life to someone else. And what's the problem? Look at verse 11. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust that war against what? War against your soul. So we're in a fight, aren't we? We're in everyday battle, aren't we? There's everyday battle out here. Notice, the attack is not against your spirit. It's against your, your mind, your will, and emotions. What's it coming? It's coming there to drag you down. It's coming there to make you tired. It's coming to make you complacent. It's coming basically to cut the flow of revival out of you. It's coming to make you ineffective in affecting others. To get you just to live like everybody else. Well, here we are. Things aren't going very good. This has gone bad. This has gone bad. But there's a war going on in your soul. And this war wants to keep you away from everything that's spiritual. No problem reading the newspaper front to back, but pick up that Bible about the first chapter of your sleep. Pray, I got, I got 10 minutes to give the Lord, but you got all time to do nothing else. Do you see what I mean? There's a battle. And I'm not saying you've got to pray 24 hours a day, and I'm not trying to put you under condemnation. I'm just making you aware that there's a war against your soul because he wants to keep you out of spiritual things. Because if you stay in spiritual things, you'll stay on fire. If you stay on fire, you'll be a reviving spirit. If you're a reviving spirit, people around you are going to get born again, and everybody gets born again. He loses another one. Everybody says the devil's winning. He's losing. He's not taking people from life to death. He can't do it anymore. He's just keeping people out of it, making sure that we don't do anything, praise God. But there's a fire on the inside of each and every one of us. There's a war against my soul every single day. There's a war there. Don't do this. Don't do that. Take a day off. Do this. Do that. And then, then we start to feel burnout. Anybody ever feel burnout? Just me. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you feel burnout. Sometimes you feel like you don't have an ounce of spiritual on the inside of you. So you know what we do? We watch another TV program. That'll help me. You know what? If I just eat that whole box of chocolate, that'll really help me. You know, if I just buy a new car, everything's going to be all right. Ever had those thoughts? And that's why the church is in debt. That's why the church is fat. See, because we're trying to deal with spiritual issues with soulish things that only, only satisfy you for about 15 minutes. Then you wonder why you bought that car because you can't afford it. You feel terrible because you ate the whole Twinkies. Oh, Lord, pray on oh, my stomach. I, you promised healing. Yeah, well, you have 42 Twinkies in there. What do you want him to do about it? Come on. Lord, help me with my credit cards. I know I bought a new car and a new house and a new boat this week, but I just can't seem to make the payment. See, and then we want to blame God because nothing's gone right in our life. Well, no, it's not gone right in our life because you're living in a soulish world rather than a spiritual world. So do we need to pray? Yes, we need to pray. Better is one day than a thousand years. In his presence, praise God. Get back in his presence. Go to the Lord. Jesus said, if, you, if you're heavy laden and burdened, come to me. My yoke's easy. My burden's light. What? Get back in the spiritual things and do something. Come back to him. Come back to Jesus who is the word. Come back to the word when you're heavy laden and when you're burdened. Don't go, don't go to anything else that you think is going to help you. Go back to something spiritual, which is the word of God. And it's interesting, if you ever saw the word word and world, how I many know those are our two choices? The only difference in the two is the L. So if you get the L out of your world, you'll be living in the Word. But you got a lot of L, don't you? And that L's got to be removed. But it's the Word that removes the L to make you back in the Word, praise God. 
And what does that do? That revives you, don't it? So there's a war against your soul. How many know there's a war against the people out there who aren't even born again against their soul? How can they get that messed up? It's easy. They're just listening to any thought that comes to their mind and anything out there in the news media and going with it because they've got no spirit to check them. How many have got a spirit that checks you? Ever start doing the wrong thing or thinking the wrong thing and all at once, in here, say in here. It don't come from here. Here's saying go for it. In here saying don't go for it. Now you've got to make a decision, don't you? See, we've got a battle here now, and the battle's not anywhere but with me. My soul wants to do this, but my spirit's saying, no, no, no. My soul wants to do it, my spirit, no, no, no. And then I do it and say, God, what's the matter with you? God says, I told you. You heard that still small voice in you not to do it. So there's a battle. There's a war going on on the inside of us. And none of this natural stuff is going to help you when that time comes. Some people think sleep does it. You just go to sleep for 10 hours, get up, and the same thing's still there. It doesn't go away. If I sleep for 10 hours, I'll be all right. Well, you'll feel better physically, that's for sure. But you still didn't help your spirit man who you really are. So here there's a battle going on. There's a battle taking place in our lives. It's in our soul. There's a fight that's going on every single day. The devil wants to do everything he can and any purpose to keep you out of who you are, which is a revival spirit on the inside of you, praise God. You ought to walk with your head up, praise God, and your shoulders back as, a, as a somebody in the kingdom of God, praise God. Because I'll tell you what, he's scared. He's scared you're actually going to believe this stuff and then start doing this stuff. And you look at happy people. You look at Marie. She's happy 99% of the time. Why is that? Because she's given life all the time. Whether it's Pakistan, here or there, she's always looking to give life. Luann's the same way. Luann's got a meeting here giving life. Going to the prisons giving life. They're happy because they're giving life. And that means everything going great in their life? Absolutely not. But, but they're giving life to someone. They're doing what, what's on the inside. What's natural for them to do, they're doing. And it just flows out of the Spirit of God. And once you step out, I mean, God will go to work. You have an anointing to do this stuff. And at once the right words will be spoken. The, I mean, sometimes you don't know. You, you're just around somebody. I've been around somebody one time who was, who was in my kitchen. They came to see him, hadn't seen him in years. They came over because they had this problem, that problem, this problem, that problem. And we're sitting there, and of course, Becky's talking, and she's talking, and Becky's talking. When you get two women together, you've got to wait for your turn. So they finally got done, and basically, and she said, what do you think? I said, let me tell you what I think. You're dead on the inside. And that's all I said. And she broke into tears and said, you know what? You're right. I have read the word. I haven't been with Jesus for a long time. Everything's gone wrong in my life. I've tried to do everything to make me. I said, you're dead on the inside. You need to get plugged back in. You need to start reading the word. You need to start praying in the Holy Ghost. You need to start doing the things that need to be done. It was a simple solution. It wasn't, well, I feel like this. How can I quit feeling like that? Your, your feelings will line up with your spirit if your spirit gets strong enough to control your feelings. But if your feelings get a hold of your spirit, you've got problems because you're going to get out there in the natural realm, praise God. So yeah, there's things we can do. It doesn't take very long. It was simply, you're dead on the inside. That was my whole hour of counseling. Collected my $400 and left. <laughs> Not really. We don't collect for counseling. Just say that. Hallelujah. All right, one more. Go to Galatians chapter 6. You see these mini revivals going on here and going on there, going on there. What's it to do? To light the revival fire on new people and the people who are there who've been not operating the revival fire that's in them. It's a life-giving fire. You're here to raise people from the dead. You're here to get stuff out of people's soul. You're here to change their mind. You're here to bring them truth. And once they know the truth, the truth will make them free. free. Praise God. It's God simple. All right. Galatians chapter 6. 
Now, this is interesting. Look at verse 7. It tells you to be not deceived, God is not mocked. Now, how's that, how's that to start something, God? Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he what? Now, he, now there's a, apparently people would be deceived about this and mock God because they don't know that right there. Why is that? Because they believe that everything that happens to them, God is in control and God is doing all these evil things to them and wrong things to them. So they're mocking God as a good God because them he's not a good God. So he says, let me straighten you out. Here's your problem. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he. God says, ain't my problem. I didn't sow nothing. I didn't reap nothing. Whatever you've been sowing, you're going to reap. Well, what does that make a difference? Look at verse 8. For he that sows to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption or death. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap what? What kind of life? What kind of life? Revival everlasting. Hallelujah. We don't have to wait till 2052 for the major revival to come. We don't have to go back to 1993 for the revival of 1993. You can live in revival today if you want to. It's an everlasting life. Look at verse 9. And let us not be wearying in well-doing, because in due season we shall what? If we what? Now, where am I going to faint? In my spirit? My spirit, man, just going to faint? We're talking about the soul again, aren't we? I can faint in my soul. I can backtrack in my soul. So notice, whatever you sow, you reap. Don't mock God. He had nothing to do with it. So, and let me put it this way. What you're living in today is what you sowed in January, February, March. I just didn't have time to read the Bible January, February, March. I feel terrible right now. Yeah. Grab your harvest. Go for it. See, you're off in the natural. You're off in the news media. You're off in all this junk they're throwing at you. You're taking all this stuff in. You're taking more of that in than the spiritual thing that keeps you life. And now you're there. So the only way you can get out of it is basically sow something different. But now notice, once you start sowing again, you're not going to be able to reap tomorrow. It takes time for it to first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Well, I read the Bible three days in a row and nothing changed. It's ridiculous. I prayed in the Holy Ghost for two minutes and not a dang thing happened. Yeah, where well, you're finally starting to sow in the right area again. Are you following me? That's why it makes a difference what you sowed before. So you don't want to sow, and most people won't even sow until tragedy strikes. Oh, the doctor diagnosed me with this. I better get those healing scriptures out. They had a TCVC. Now, where did I put them three years ago? Uh, I don't know if they're over here or I'll find. <laughs> get the dust off of them. I'm going to read them here. And see, you haven't sowed anything. You haven't sowed life. You haven't kept the revival fire going on the inside of you. Now, tragedy hits and you need a miracle. Can I say this? If you're living in revival, you'll never need a miracle. People need miracles, the ones who got so far out there someplace that they need an instant deliverance for God. But you were delivered the day you got born again. So if you're born again, basically you backtrack somewhere along the line. Come on now. Or, or you got thoughts in your mind and something took over and got on the inside of you and now you need a miracle. And how many know he's a miracle working God? Amen. But I'd rather live in revival all my life than need a miracle every six months to pull me out of my depression and then six months later be pulled out of my depression again. I'd rather live in revival the whole darn time because what you sow, you've been sowing. What's your name, Greg? Been sowing. He's here. He's here 
for the prelim of praise and worship, worshiping. Not just at, at a quarter to 11, I mean 10.30. He's here already. He's, got his, he's praising God already before anybody gets here all by himself listening to our practice, praise God. He said everything, they have something in the back there with Mary, he's there. Have something on Wednesday night, he's there. People say, well, he don't look like he's growing to me. Oh, wait. Yes, wait a minute. There's a blade. I see it. I see the, I see the blade. It's right there. Here comes the year. Here it comes. Pretty soon to be walking as a spiritual giant. Well, God just loves him more than he loves me because he's walking in all this good stuff now. No, 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 no. He sowed, and because he sowed, he reaps. See? Just like food. I mean, you can't wait till midsummer then and want a tomato and never planted anything for it. You've got to plant. It's got to take time. It's got to grow. And then you've got to plant again. And you've got to plant again because how many know we don't take breaks? You can't say, well, I'm going to take a break November and December and come back and start all over in January. No, this life is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 12 months out of the year, and we've got to keep sowing to that revival fire. Every time you see it getting dim, it, it's not something you need to eat. It's not something you need to buy. It's something you need to tend to. Just go in the bathroom, close the door, and pray in the Holy Ghost for a little bit, praise God. Talk to God a little bit. Say, hey, praise God, you know. I know you're here. I know you never leave me nor forsake me. I know you're for me, not against me. I know you're on my side. I know you're doing these things. Listen to tapes. Tapes are seeds. Tapes go into you. I talk to people all the time who, who've been here, and then I'll run them down the road, and I'll say, hey, uh, are you guys doing all right? Don't see them anymore in church. And they'll tell me every time, oh, yeah, yeah, we just did here, moved there, whatever, and we're going to a different church. I said, well, good, you need to be going to church. They said, but you know what? we got a trouble sometimes because what this pastor says really doesn't line up with, with what we believe. And I said, you know your problem? They said, what? I said, me. Me, because you know healing was provided for, and they're telling you that God heals some and doesn't heal others, and it's up to God, and if God feels like healing, feel, and that hits you because you know better than that. So when it gets on the inside of me, I'm getting confused. No, you're not getting confused. You know what the Word of God says, basically, and it should confuse you when you're listening to things that aren't the truth, praise God. You should be able to detect them. You should be able, like, against a blackboard. Sometimes I turn on TV and I go, God, God's going to do it. He's going to do it. Just wait another 20 years. He's going to do it. We'll all be redeemed. We'll all be saved, helped, saved, redeemed, everything right now. It's already been provided. He's waiting for us to walk in those things. He wants us to walk by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but it is the evidence. Now, we know what evidence is. You go to court and you want to do something, you better have. You better have evidence. So what's my evidence of being on fire for God right here? What's my evidence of being healed? Right here. I may not see it yet. I may not feel it yet, but I have evidence of me being healed. I have evidence of me being a life changer. It's in the Word of God. The Word of God is my only evidence in the spiritual realm. It's not a dog barking at midnight on a Thursday night when the moon's coming up. Now, those things are fine. Even God will do that to somebody who really needs it. Do you understand? But that's not it. You've got, you've got it right here. Lord, prove it to me right here. It's already in here. God's proving it to you. It's already on the inside. So we want to keep this revival fire hot, don't we? We want to keep going. We want to get to a place where we don't have to try to help somebody get born again. Where we're, That's our main thought. We're thinking, I, I mean, if this person needs something, I'm here. If I'm not, sometimes they'll talk to a person and there'll be nothing there. Just let them go. But other times there'll be this springing up. And when it's springing up, you know that it's able to flow out like a river. 
So you just wait. They'll tell you all their problems, all their woes, all this is with counseling, all their problems, all their woes. Well, if he do this, if she do that, if he do this, if he do that, she does this, he does that, he does, oh my Lord, you just listen there and you're all thinking about, oh, you're good God. I don't even know what they're talking about right now. I don't really care what they're talking about. And they want to get done. So what should we do? Love one another. We didn't come here for that. We came here for real advice. That is real advice. That's the only advice that's going to help you do things. Hallelujah. Counseling sessions wouldn't take that long if you wouldn't have to listen to everybody spew their stuff for the first 45 minutes. You could just get it over with. Just, you know, what, the, what, does, what does the word say about that? I know what it says. Do you want to do it? No, I don't want to do it. Well, same way with forgiveness. All the time you run into people. You know you're supposed to forgive. I know. Are you going to forgive them? No. You don't know what they did to me. They deserve everything they're getting right now. And I'll tell you what. But see, I can go no further with you. You're either going to obey the word and get free, or you're not going to obey the word and get free. So we've got a revival fire on the inside of us, and we want to keep that revival fire going, praise God. We want to keep it hot on the inside of us. We want to We want to pray in tongues now and then. We want, to, we want to be aware of God in our lives and on us, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What time is it? Is it one yet? <laughs> I want to go to one more, Isaiah chapter 28. I guess I don't have to be on time. The planes are never on time. What's the difference, praise God? Uh, you need to circle this scripture, put marks around it, whatever. Sometimes when you're a little bit down, sometimes when you don't feel like things are gone right, sometimes you feel like God moved to another city. You need to understand this. Isaiah chapter 28, are you there? Look at verse 9. It says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand doctrine or the message? Them that are weaned from milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon precept, here a little, there a little. Now, I mean, it's talking about the Word of God here. When you're in the Word of God, you'll understand a little bit. When you read the Word, you'll understand a little bit more. Some you may not understand. Some six months later you'll understand because it's a seed and it's growing on the inside of you and you're slowly getting revelation. All right, look at verse 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the re, yet they would not hear. So here's God. God says, you got a problem spiritually? Let me help you. First of all, get back in the word of God. Keep feeding the word of God in there. Keep seeding the word of God in there. Put it in there whether you feel like it or not. Put it in there at seeds. It's going to produce. It's going to do something in your life. It's going to make a difference down the road. But notice what he says too. Then you need to with stammering lips and another tongue. What's it talking about? Praying in tongues. He's talking about praying in tongues. Here he said, with stammering lips and another tongue, he will, he will speak to his people. This is the rest. What is the rest? The TV? Food? Debt? No, the rest is praying in tongues. This is the rest, which may cause the weary to rest. How many have ever been weary? Then how many know God says, if you just pray in tongues, it'll take away your rest and your weariness and revive your spirit and build up your spirit again. He said, this is the refreshing. Say refreshing. How many of you know that we need refreshing? How many of you ever get a little stale every now and then? And you need refresh, don't you? So what do you need to do? You need to get away and you need to pray in tongues. Now notice, God says, I told you all this stuff, the last line, yet they would not hear. 
In other words, they, they would rather eat the peanut butter sandwich. They would rather have the four cookies. They would rather go on vacation. They would rather do all this stuff, thinking that it's going to help the weary rest. But if they simply just pray, build themselves up on their most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, said that will take care of their mess if they'll do it. But nobody will hear. They don't hear me. They don't want to, they don't want to do it. They know it should work. They should. What should I do? Pray in tongues. What do you do when you get weary? I don't really know. No, we pray in tongues, don't we? That's what he told us to do. That's what it'll do. So I get aside and I pray in tongues. As a pastor, I get inside, I pray in tongues. Things are gone wrong here, there, though, though. What do I do? I don't complain about it. I get aside and I pray in tongues. You need to be built up spiritually in this world, basically, because how many know stuff's coming at you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, coming against your thought life and what you do? So there's a revival fire on the inside of you. Say, there's a revival fire on the inside of me. It is a life-giving Spirit, I am called, anointed, equipped to revive the souls and the spirits and the physical bodies of other people. I have all I need by the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of me. I decide to sow to the Spirit and not so much to the flesh. And I will reap of the Spirit that will keep me in victory every day of my life, I am a revival going somewhere to cause trouble in the spiritual realm. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. the kingdom of God.